2: or is it for us let's have a conversation
1: indeed let's have a conversation uh, welcome to the kim munson show i am kim munson be sure and check out our website that is kim munson dot com. you can email me at kim at kimmunson.com as well be sure and sign up for our weekly newsletter all kinds of great information we highlight our guests our new sounding off with kim munson podcasts as well as our great op-ed. So be sure and sign up for that, and greatly appreciate it if you would go over to Facebook and give us a like. So it is Independence Week. Uh, How are you doing this morning, Producer Steve?
0: Really good. Looking forward to, uh, you know, since I have a little insight as to what's coming throughout the week, we've got some really cool things going on.
1: Yes, uh, we are celebrating our independence this week, and so have some great guests we'll be talking about the founding of America. Uh, we're going to be p- talking about the Tocqueville, and then on the first, uh, did you realize the Battle of Gettysburg began on July one, and went through July three, and so we'll be talking about um, that on on the July first. So great week plan for everybody.
0: Yeah, hey, I'm going to reserve. I'll wait for Wednesday to get here to talk about my recent experiences with Gettysburg. Uh, and you know, we will just wait for that. You know, opportunity. It's a,
1: you know, it's a sacred place, uh, and well, we'll talk about that on on Wednesday. Uh, big show plan for you today, though. We'll talk, uh, you know, really about our founding today, and segments two, three, and four. Uh, our guest is Stan Everett. He's been on before. He created the Legacy Project, uh, where over four hundred and fifty businessmen, over a period of nine years, they just get together once a month to. Uh, talk about the founding uh, of America and so they call it the legacy the legacy that we have it's so astonishing steve as we're, we're moving into uh, July 4 Independence Day that I never dreamed that we would be where we are where instead of wanting to learn our history there are those that want to tear it down where it's in such an astonishing time
0: yeah you would think preserving a legacy which is important in a lot of other areas of life with families and that kind of thing, that it would be important on a national level. But it uh, recent events just are showing us that we're more than willing to just throw our legacy away.
1: And that's why we're going to be doing this show, this show, these shows this week. I uh, always like to say thank you to this great team that I get to work with, Producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, and Charlie, uh, for all your support, all your good work. And thank you to each of you listeners. Uh, And wish you, uh, uh, you know, take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. You're each, you're treasured, you're valued, and strive for excellence each and every day. So our quote for today, Steve, is from Thomas Jefferson. We'll be talking about the Declaration of Independence with Stan. We'll also talk about the grievances. They didn't just, you know, put this Declaration of Independence out there because we felt like we needed to do something. They, They had a number of reasons of why they said that they wanted to, to make this case uh, to the people of, of the world on why these Americans, you know, <laughs> these colonists hanging on the eastern seaboard of uh, North America decided that they were going to de- declare their independence from the most powerful country on the face of the planet that, at that time. It's astounding. It's such an astounding story. Instead of tearing it down, we need to be telling the story.
0: Uh, recently had uh, a little extra time on my hands uh, between projects at home and uh, just felt like watching something that was educational, uplifting, and I happened upon the, I'm not sure how old it is now, I think it was done in, in the late 90s, the Mel Gibson uh, movie, The Patriot, and it really homes in on that particular era leading up to, uh, well, I guess you know the declaration had already been signed and and uh... you know made but now we had to fight our way out of it <laughs> Yeah. and yeah. uh... boy the, the history that's that's conveyed in that movie is just it just grabs you
1: it was it was an amazing time we're in an amazing time here as well but what an amazing time so our quote for today is thomas jefferson he was an american statesman diplomat lawyer architect philosopher and founding father who served as the third president of the united states from eighteen oh one to eighteen oh nine he previously served as the second vice president of the US from 1797 to 1801 and he was born in 1743 and he died in 1826 Steve he died on July 4th in 1826 is that not astonishing
0: he made the 50-year mark but you know if they do the math real quick uh, 1776 to 1826 he made the 50-year mark
1: but you know what else happened So he was 83. John Adams died the same day at the age of 90. So they both made it. And I think that, you know what, I don't, I better not say that I was thinking they were the last founding fathers alive, but that may not be true. It is astounding that the two of them died on July 4th, the 50th anniversary of the declaration of independence. And Ben Martin had told me the story about Adams that apparently they're they're in two different cities obviously and that Adams before he died he said Jefferson lives and then a few hours later Jefferson died
0: well i get, i was reading some of the material that we've been looking at here and it was suggested that both of them were you know deliberately holding on you know to to achieve that to see the 50 year anniversary of this experiment
1: so, yeah, a little, little piece of history there. The quote from Thomas Jefferson, who really was the author of the Declaration, there was a committee of five that uh, wrote it, but he was really the, the, you know the main guy. He said, the care of human life and happiness and not their destruction is the first and only object of good government my gosh this was said by a founding father and we look at what's happening in america today we've seen destruction of our our history destruction of these statues you know these guys were not perfect no one is perfect instead of tearing it down tell the story it's all the fabric of who we are steve
0: well we sit here daily and watch what's going on around the country and you know the a quick response. Well, that's un-american Well, I think you're right. It is un-American when you think about what was going on, how we were founded, who founded it, why they founded it, and and then watch these people trying to tear it down today. Yeah, it's un-American.
1: It is un-American. And we have a civic responsibility, Steve, uh, that we need to, when we say something's un-American, well, what does America mean? And one of the places that you can go is the Declaration of Independence so this week i would highly recommend that you read the declaration of independence you can also read the constitution it doesn't take that long and so as we celebrate our independence and the founding of this country uh, that would be a really good thing to do steve i'd highly recommend it
0: absolutely i i have gone through it many times and it's like every time i do another piece of it kind of reveals itself so yeah an awesome document
1: Really is, and uh, so this week let's let's reflect upon the patriots, those that gave their lives for freedom to stand against tyranny. And uh, you know, you can go through our history. You can go to the, to Gettysburg. We'll be talking about that on on Wednesday. Uh, Civil War to keep the Union together and to answer the question on whether or not one man could own another man. And uh, you know, so you know, let's, before we go to break though, I guess we're, it's about time that we do that. Um, you know, sometime this week, I would recommend to just go sit out on the deck at Hooters Restaurants. They are one of my valued partners. There's five locations: Loveland, Westminster, Aurora. Lone Tree, and Colorado Springs. They're open for dine-in, to-go delivery, or curbside service. Happy hours, Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. That would be something fun to do. Wednesdays or Wednesday, they have lunch specials. Kids eat free with dine-in or to-go. So go to order.hooters.com for more information. That's order.hooters.com, and uh, we'll be right back with Stan Everett.
2: Recently, rates in the mortgage market have hit near record lows. Lorne Levy with Polygon Financial notes that the COVID-19 Wuhan virus disruption has created potential opportunities to refinance your mortgage that could save you thousands of dollars. And for those senior listeners who may be looking for another source of income, exploring a reverse mortgage with Lorne Levy may be a solution. With over 17 years in the mortgage industry, Lorne Levy has the experience to answer your questions. Call Lorne Levy at 303-880-8881. That's 303-880-8881 for a mortgage checkup today. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. From the lakes of Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee, across the plains of Texas, from sea to shining sea.
1: Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. It's kimmunson, M O N S O N dot com. You can email me at kim at kimmunson dot com as well. And be sure and sign up for our weekly newsletter. And we'd appreciate it if you go over to Facebook and give us a like as well. Uh, happy Independence Week. It, I'm so excited to have on the line with me Stan Everett. He is the founder of the Legacy Project. Stan Everett, welcome to the show.
2: Oh, hi, Kim. Thank you.
1: You know, you've been on before, but for some of our new listeners, uh, explain to us what the Legacy Project is, Stan.
2: Well, it's a group of, uh, we recruit business people, um, not just exclusively, but we have people in education and ministry and government. But we recruit a wide variety of ages from about 25 up to 70s. And what we do is we'll meet together and we'll talk about the founding documents and the founding era, mostly to recognize that uh, we are living in the legacy that our generations before or our ancestors have uh, granted us. And so we explore what that means, how they did it, um, what preceded that, what are the outcomes of Uh, like the declaration, the principles of the declaration, how did they apply those. So it's a six-month program. We meet once a month for about an hour and a half, and uh, usually it's over breakfast and lunch into small groups. We've had um, almost 450 men go through it in the last eight years, so we're going to start our ninth year this September.
1: Boy, I tell you, Stan, with what's going on in the world today, uh, you know, tearing down uh, statues tearing down our history, it's its kind of mind-boggling. And so what you're doing, I've always thought it was important, but it's really, really important now, Stan Everett. So thank you uh, for doing the, the Legacy Project. Uh, sure. If more people, if anybody wants information, should they just email me and I can get you guys connected? Or what would be the best way to do that?
2: Yeah, probably that would be the best way. We're, we're not a bona fide organization. It's just... people getting together um, and just meeting and having a conversation so it's not a nonprofit or really any kind of an organization so we don't have a website and those kinds of
1: things okay so so if people are interested email me at Kim at Kim Munson that's M-O-N-S-O-N dot com and uh, I can get you some more information on that so let's go ahead and jump in here for our subject this so we're coming into uh, July 4th uh, Independence Day is uh, this coming Saturday and I think it's important that we talk about the Declaration of Independence. I mean, that is really very foundational. So what would you want people to think about, Stan Everett, regarding the declaration?
2: Well, the declaration is easier to understand if it's kind of broken into parts. I am in real estate and deal a lot with contracts. And so we've kind of modified the format of the declaration, not the words, and put it into four parts. The beginning paragraph is what I call the premise, kind of establishes what we're baseline thinking and who we are, and then it goes to the five principles, which is the area of it that most people are familiar with. starts with, we hold these truths to be self-evident. Following the principles, they go through a long narration uh, as well as 27 different grievances, And these are the specific legal case for the separation or the Declaration of Independence, Uh, basically making the legal accusations uh, against the king and the crown. And then that uh, grievances section is followed by what we call the Declaration. And that's where the founders uh, sign away their lives, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness uh, in the Declaration where they... Uh, firmly um, uh, pledged their lives and their fortunes, but they never once violated their sacred honor for the cause of the declaration and the liberty that it articulates.
1: You know what I find so amazing when they pin those words that they, you know, um, they're um... The very end. let let's. Now I'm having a I'm having a Joe Biden moment. I can't remember exactly what it is. It's uh, their I lives, their fortunes, did. and their sacred honor. Yes, uh, yes. When they were doing that, I don't think people understand that they were hearing the British cannons. They could hear the British cannons as they were doing that, and uh, they knew that they they could actually be killed for what they were doing and they did it anyway. And, and I think that's lost on a lot of uh, young people today that I don't think they've been taught that. They don't, th- they understand that.
2: Well, and chronological history is hard to understand. Well, it, no, I, I'll take that back. Chronological form of history is very easy to understand, but that's not what's taught today. So th- they're not going to understand that the, we had been at war with the British Empire for well over a year, And these guys are spending uh, that same year trying to figure out what we're going to do, whether we're separating or we're going to stay with the crown and just reconcile with the king. Um, But just as you said, they're sitting in Philadelphia and not far away on the Delaware River is the uh, British Army. They've defeated George Washington at every battle. We've had a couple of skirmishes where we had victories, but we were— totally defeated. So here we are at the lowest point of the revolutionary war that we were already in and these men are signing you know their lives, their fortunes and their sacred honor for a cause that they feel like well, we have no allies, we have uh, no way of taxing in order to support an army. These are just volunteer people that are following George Washington and we're losing this war. So they really had very little hope that they would succeed, we would win the war, and then we would have a new country. But that's what they were proclaiming.
1: It is truly, truly astonishing. Uh, And, you know, so the, the vision of the Declaration that all men are created equal with these rights from God of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. You know, I think another thing that is lost on folks at this particular time, and we see this narrative uh, that, uh, you know, that America had slaves and, 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 you know, that particular heritage. But what is lost on that is is that slavery was prevalent throughout the world at that time. And recently, I can't remember who I heard say that, but they said Britain had had 1,000 years to try to get rid of it. France had had 800 years. You know, we, we had black-on-black slavery in Africa. And it was yet this little country— you know, these these colonies hanging on the eastern seaboard of of, uh, North America, that within basically two, three generations, they went to war to settle that question, and somehow we don't get any credit for that, it seems like, Stan Everett. Yeah, well, and
2: I think the simplest way to say it is America didn't invent slavery, but America went to war to stop slavery. So that's the credit that we don't seem to get, and particularly in today's narrative of racial division and just um, doing whatever can be done in order to divide people. But uh, even even in the early days prior to the Declaration and prior to us winning the war, then there were attempts by the colonies to eradicate slavery or at the very least abolish the importation of African slaves, which incrementally and over time, without imp- importation of slaves, then we would not have African slaves anymore. But the kings uh, and the parliament would never allow that because that would undermine the established economic system. And it would have created a precedent around the world that nobody in a ruler society that was one of the rulers would want to see that president established, because their entire society was based on slaves, whether that was conquering another country and turning people into slaves, or that was importing uh, from Africa, which was pretty uh, prevalent during this time period.
1: So, and so we need to be honest about that particular narrative, and there doesn't seem to be be a lot of that happening in in the conversations in America today. I think a lot of people do not understand that. And, um, you know, so it's really important to talk about this. But going to the declaration, you just mentioned the the different parts. There's the beginning, there's the five principles, uh, and then the long narrative regarding the grievances and the um, usurpations. And what Mm -hmm. I find so interesting about this is that they had gone through, it, it didn't just happen, you know, they kind of had been back and forth with uh, King George and, you know, King George and the parliament might put in, um, you know, like the intolerable acts and the, the colonists would respond. And so this was going on over a period of years. And then finally, when they did the declaration of independence, they sat down and they said, these are the reasons why. And, so they were reasoned arguments versus, you know, what we're seeing here in the United States right now. People are, are just saying, I want to change something because I feel like that. They haven't gone through that reasoned approach. And I, I would encourage people to take a look at those grievances. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Well,
2: let me read you a couple of sentences just before they start the list. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations Pursuing, invariably, the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism. It is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their form systems of government. The history of the present king of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. Then they go through the 27 grievances. But clearly they say, we've been trying awfully hard to get this to be reconciled and work with the king and the parliament and the crown. And they just keep sticking their finger in our eye. So we've really got to do something. And here's our legal case for what they have done that have been abuses and have created an absolute tyranny over the state.
1: Hey, before we go to break, wanted to give a shout-out to one of my valued partners, and that is Hooters Restaurants. They have five locations here in Colorado, Loveland, Westminster, Aurora, Lone Tree, and Colorado Springs. They're open for dine-in, to-go, delivery and minimal contact curbside service happy hour Monday through Friday three to 6 p.m. That might be fun to do with your friends this week. Uh, Wednesdays are wings day, all the wings you can eat for 1599. They have lunch specials Monday through Friday, 11 to 3 p.m. And then kids eat free with dine in or to go. So for more information, go to Hooters uh, order.hooters.com. That's order.hooters.com. And, uh just uh, enjoy. Go, go on over and sit out on the deck and have a nice beverage and love their nachos and uh, just enjoy this week. So happy 4th of July. We'll be right back. Hey, before we go to break, uh, we're talking with Jason McBride, Presidential Wealth Management. It is the uh, 4th of July Independence Week. Uh, Jason, it's going to be a big week. Are you guys doing anything special?
3: Well, I'll have to check with my event coordinator, otherwise known as my wife, and I will get back to you on that. Okay. I'm sure I'll be doing something special. I I, just don't know what it
1: is. I'm sure that you will be. So during these special weeks, we like to go through some of the quotes. You always find some really interesting quotes. So what do you have for us today, Jason McBride?
3: Well, uh, I went through some, and, and some of these were striking me as commensurate with the times that we're having right now. And and the first one is from Galileo, believe it or not. And when I read this one, I couldn't help thinking about some of the rioting we're seeing and how we've had some insurgents take over part of Seattle and, and kind of form a new country, which they're referring to as CHOP. But this uh, quote is from Galileo, and I thought it was kind of interesting. He said, the authority of a thousand Is not worth the humble reasoning of a single individual.
1: You know, isn't that amazing? And he lived. He was born in 1564, and he died in 1642. You know, I mean, I think I find it so amazing that what what worked then is also works now, Jason.
3: Well, it it does, and and I think that uh, with this quote, I mean, I can't get inside of Galileo's head, of course, but it certainly seems to be talking about uh, what happens when a mob takes over and you get this herd mentality, everybody's thinking the same, uh, kind of falls into it without thinking about what they're doing, compared to maybe a few people or a single person who is able to sit down, reason, and think clearly about what's happening.
1: Yes, and uh, it is scary what we see happening is kind of this mob mentality tearing down our history instead of learning from our history and celebrating our history. And uh, so that's one of the this is a very, very important uh, Independence Day celebrations this this you know this year because um, I never dreamed last year that we would be facing what we're facing right now, Jason.
3: Well, it's certainly interesting and you mentioned tearing down our history, Yeah, I was thinking the other day, historians, you know, three, four hundred years from now, after the left has completely destroyed our country, historians will look back and they'll say, well, how did that happen? Everything was perfect because they've erased every little bit of history that they think shows we ever made a mistake. And historians will say, well, how did this country fall apart? Everything was perfect from day one.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and <laughs> if you don't know your history, you're destined to repeat it. Uh, so, great quote from Gal- Galileo. We're going to have some great quotes throughout the week. So, Jason McBride, thank you so much. Uh, be sure and check out our website together. That's airpresidential.com. That's airpresidential.com. And the phone number over there is 303 694 1600. 303 694 1600. Jason, thank you so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
3: You betcha, Kim. Have a great show.
1: Karen Levine has over 30 years in the real estate industry. The reaction to the COVID-19 Wuhan virus is presenting unprecedented and unpredictable opportunities and challenges in buying or selling your home. That is why you need to work with award-winning realtor Karen Levine. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by Kim Munson. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Karen's expertise will help guide you through this crazy real estate market. Call Karen Levine at 303-877-7516 today.
0: You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com.
2: And I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free. And I won't
3: forget the men who died.
1: Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out my website, KimMunson.com. All of our show recaps and podcasts are there, as well as our op-eds and uh, our new sounding off with Kim Munson podcasts. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well and go over to Facebook and give us a like. I am thrilled to have on the line with me uh, Stan Everett he is the founder of the legacy project which is a group of business people this will this is their ninth year where they just get together it's not a, a real formal organization as far as website and all that but they just get together to talk about our, our founding principles and we want to go through the us, usurpations uh, Stan Everett but before we do that uh, you had said that the declaration is really broken into four parts the beginning um, which gives us, you know, the, the premise of, of, of the whole declaration, but the five principles, uh, let's make sure people understand what those five principles are in the declaration, Dan Everett. Okay.
2: Well, what they're starting with is we hold these truths to be self-evident. So truths as I'm defining it then would be principles. So these are Jefferson, when he first wrote it, we hold these truths to be sacred and eternal, uh, Franklin's changed the language to self-evident, but that's pretty much the same thing. First one is all men are created equal. Second is that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Third is that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Fourth, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. And fifth... Which is more a implementation principle than it is an actual principle, but that when any whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it, and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. So you have four principles uh and then really an implementation principle how are we going to do this and uh, they're basically saying that the form of government that is presently what they've had it had to live under is no longer valid so they're going to abolish and alter it and institute a new government
1: and again i just find it amazing that they are doing this as you just mentioned in the previous segment that you know, it it didn't look like they had a real great chance of success standing up to this very powerful Britain. Um, They could hear the cannons down the river. Uh, You said George Washington had just had a defeat. I mean, it's truly amazing to me that they are still deliberating on this and come up with this. So we've gone through those principles, and Mm -hmm. then they go through the usurpations, which, you know, it's based on those usurpations or grievances we're directly against these principles that you just mentioned so which uh, grievances sh- should we talk about Stan Everett
2: well there's several categories most people think of the grievance was no taxation without representation which isn't really a grievance in this um, the actual language for that is for imposing taxes on us without our consent so There's one other economic grievance out of the 27. So out of 27, there's two of them that are economic-based. Most of them are, as you described, usurpations of power or basically consolidation of power by the crown. Then you have immigration. I mean, uh, a really good one – Well, let me see if I can find it. But there's uh, one of my favorite is number 10. He's erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. So that isn't economic. That's creating a bureaucratic uh, empire that uh, doesn't allow people to function in their society because they have to get permission from everybody.
1: Sounds a little bit like what's going on in America today. (laughs)
2: Oh, yeah. Well, all of these, if you read through all of these, other than housing uh, troops in somebody's private property, which is still occurring, but it's uh, not as prominent as these others. But if you go through all of these, you can apply all of these to the grievances that many have articulated in today's world. So immigration, he has endeavored to present the population of these states. For that purpose, obstructing the laws of naturalization of foreigners, refusing to pass others to encourage their migrations hither, and raising the conditions of new appropriations of land. Basically, the king is bringing over a lot of uh, foreigners that really weren't going to assimilate into the society. They were going to become loyalists. And so he's saying, or this particular grievance is resisting uncontrolled immigration of people without some sense of these people should become Americans and they should assimilate and become productive citizens as opposed to just people. You can appreciate that in today's conversation about immigration. It's pretty much the same thing.
1: It really is pretty much the same thing. I had actually served on the board of, um, Lutheran Family Services, which uh, was a um, a variety of things. One of the reasons I I love, you know, initially their mission was they were did a lot of adoption, and um, you know, I really I love that. And then I I thought the idea of bringing over refugees, I'm thinking Christian refugees to America. uh, You know, thinking about Jews coming over after World War II, I thought that was really terrific. But then I started to connect the dots that we were using government money and, and bringing in refugees and not really helping them to assimilate, to explain to them why America was great. They wanted to come here, but why was that great? And I realized that we really were not explaining to them that reason. And so some refugees I don't think really have assimilated. And so I guess my point is, is mm-hmm. you know, They were grappling with that question back then, and it's now facing us in America today as well. Any comments on that, Stan?
2: Well, you're right, and I think it just shows the uh, wisdom and almost uh, ability to see into the future. These are policy issues that are timeless. And they're saying, as a nation, we want to be able to control these factors. King and parliament you're taking control of that and you're eliminating our participation in those decisions but i think you see a lot of um the same issues keep coming up and here's another one it's how to uh, protect our own sovereignty which we find under assault he has combined with others to subject us to a jurisdiction foreign to our constitution So if you think about laws of the World Court and Mm -hmm. the United Nations and the World Trade Organizations, basically our founders are saying, we want our own sovereignty, and we want to be able to make sure that we're in charge of it. But the king is uh, using other laws in other nations and other sovereignties in order to judge us, and we don't think that's a fair way to run a country.
1: Well, and you know, we've seen this pushback then. You know, there had been this whole globalist movement, and of, of course, you'd um, had the um, European Union. And we're realizing that sovereignty is really important, and that's really being walked back. And once again, the fact that the founders, you know, back in 1776, were deliberating this at that time, we can really take a look at this wisdom from all of the thought that they brought to these issues, Stan Everett?
2: Yeah, and I think they set up a country based on the principles, and then they organized those principles into a constitution, as well as a Bill of Rights, and we've uh, been operating under those principles, and uh, hopefully we will continue to operate under those principles. The, The sadness I have is that people don't even recognize that all men are created equal is a principle. They just think it's seven or eight words linked together that sounds nice, but it transformed human civilization. Those words and then our ability to win the war and then the uh, opposition or the abolition of slavery would probably never have happened if those things hadn't happened prior to that. Um, So what forces on earth would have eliminated slavery because you had all rulers and subjects, slaves and serfs, as the social structure. These, these guys changed that social structure to put government subordinate to the people. And that then makes all people created equal, which wasn't perfectly executed at the time, but it's an aspiration of how a civilization should work.
1: Well, and we're still not perfect. We realize that. But mm-hmm. instead of tearing everything down, That is a principle that we should aspire to. Even, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. said, I dream of a world where my children will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And, you know, as human beings, we're not perfect for sure. But my gosh, Stan Everett, we should aspire for those those lofty things. That should be where we're looking versus, you know, we're seeing a lot of people trying to tear things down.
2: Well, and you see, uh, you know, there is no equality in some of the conversations that are going on now. Somebody's bad, somebody's good, somebody's a victim, somebody's a perpetrator. And I think those are dividing, and they aren't based on principles other than the principle of revenge and envy and violence. And those principles really result in an unhappy place to live. The pursuit of happiness becomes evaporated because everybody's against each other.
1: Right, and pursuit of happiness doesn't guarantee success, but again, because of that um, that principle that everyday people could pursue their happiness, oh my oh my gosh, we have this amazing middle class where you know regular people have all kinds of of benefits, and uh, and it is because of that principle that was embodied in the Declaration back in 1776 but let's go to break this is kim munson i am talking with stan everett he is the founder of the legacy project and we're talking about the declaration of independence Uh, and it's important to sit down and think about that this weekend and uh, pull out your declaration and read it it is amazing that just these few words could really be the basis for this amazing country of which we're celebrating our independence so stay tuned we'll be right back
2: Predovich & Company understands that the COVID-19 Wuhan virus disruption has individuals and businesses scratching their heads with a variety of bookkeeping, tax planning, and accounting questions. Predovich & Company knows that you need trusted professionals to help you navigate these choppy waters. Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call Predovich & Company at 303-791-3000 to organize your personal and business finances. Call 303-791-3000 today.
1: Now more than ever, it is important to have independent voices bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing us, our families, our communities, our state, our nation, and our world. The Kim Munson Show is one of those important voices. Kim is a truly independent entrepreneur. She purchases her broadcast time, which gives her total freedom in production of the show and scheduling of guests. If you'd like to support The Kim Munson Show, go to her website, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And click on the contribute button under Kim's picture. Kim greatly appreciates your help and support. No doubt, Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out my website, Kim Munson, M O N S O N dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. All kinds of great information, our op-eds, and uh, our Sounding Off with Kim Munson podcast are there. And go over to Facebook and give us a like. We'd greatly appreciate that. On the line with me is Stan Everett. He is the founder of The Legacy Project, which is a group of businessmen that uh, have uh, get together And talk about these principles of America's founding, that indeed we do have a legacy. We stand on the shoulders of giants uh, when we look at this great American idea of which we'll be celebrating the independence of America uh, later this week. And so Stan Everett, uh, in the declaration, it doesn't take that long to read it, but there is this long list that they really deliberated on. It wasn't because they felt like they wanted to declare their independence, they really thought, why? Why do we, why must we declare our independence? And so they went through these grievances. And uh, and during break, you said that there was a grievance that that was not adopted. So what is that, uh, Stan Everett?
2: Well, there were several that were put forth, but uh, only 27 of them made the cut. Here's one that uh, was written by the committee, and starts with, he, which is referencing the king, has waged cruel war against human nature itself, violating its most sacred rights of life and liberty in the persons of a distant people who never offended him, captivating and carrying them into slavery in another hemisphere, or to incur miserable death in their transportation hither. So he's talking about the importation of African slaves. And There's more to it, but it's basically they're accusing the king of this totally immoral act, which is against human nature itself and violating sacred rights of life and liberty of people far away. So this was attempted to be one of the grievances, uh, again, reinforcing the idea that they had tried to do things about slavery in order to ultimately eradicate it. But the whole document is made up of compromises, and I think the South plantation owners who were on the uh, at the Declaration signing uh, would not accept this, so they struck this one from it. But just interesting history that, again, kind of reinforces the attempts were being made for the abolition of slavery, even prior to the signing of the Declaration of Independence.
1: Well, and they didn't give up. Uh, They certainly uh, tried to address it in the Constitution because I think, Mm -hmm. what, after 20 years, they outlawed the importation of slaves. Uh, So, you know, it was, you know, they were taking steps towards it. And our point is, or my point is, is nobody else was doing this. It was America (laughs) that did this. And yet America is the ones that's getting the bad rap these days about it. And that's, I just think it's a dishonest Narrative that is occurring out there, but continuing on with these grievances. Again, it wasn't something they just felt like they wanted to declare their in, our our independence. They they went through these different things and and they said this is why. And so you can see these different things and a lot of the things you can actually see occurring again today with this bureaucratic state, this administrative state that we've moved towards instead of our representative government. Uh, although I think, Stan, I do think the veil is off. I think that uh, that there's becoming clarity to these issues, and I, I'm very encouraged. I think that Americans still believe in freedom, but we, we have to you know battle in this battle of ideas, and, and the way to do that is to understand the Declaration, understand what they were going through. And then from the Declaration, the Constitution was not signed until... Um, let's see 1787 right they tried the articles of confederation it didn't work but they didn't give up they continued to deliberate so talk about the deliberations of the grievances and and how that's connected to the bill of rights
2: well the the, the constitution basically is the ordering of the principles of the declaration so how do you how do you take these ideals and ideas and then systemize them and order them. So the Constitution is a dispersion of power as opposed to placing power in one hand. One of the grievances that uh, kind of addresses that is the king has taken away our charters, abolishing our most valuable laws and altering fundamentally the forms of our government. So they had already seen that the king, who had established uh, uh, localized forms of government under a governor, just decided to abolish those, um, those local uh, representative houses, basically, as they say. So the Constitution then is set up in order to then fulfill the ideas of how do we order or how do we structure something that will make sure that the people retain the power and the power isn't uh, placed in too much uh, power in one place. Another one is, um, and this is a real obvious one, Number 14 is for quartering large bodies of armed troops among us and in their private houses. And so the Third Amendment says, no soldier shall in time of peace be quartered in any house without the consent of the owner, nor in time of war, but in a manner to be prescribed by law. So, I mean, there's a direct connection between the grievances of the Declaration and the amendments. And the amendments, as you know, are basically limitations of government authority. They aren't – I don't call them a bill of rights, even though that's what they're labeled. They're, they're a bill of government limitations. And it starts – amendment one starts with Congress shall make no law. And so the whole thing is how do we make sure that Congress doesn't step into an arena that they don't belong because they don't own the power. They're not giving us the power. Our power is inherent From our Creator and our power remains with the people and they're just having people go and represent them in a system uh, that they had set up as a Constitution
1: okay so just a quick question then Uh Stan Everett on states rights I have always thought that states and counties and municipalities also need to hold themselves to the standard uh, of the Constitution and the vision of the Declaration but yet can a state do something against those principles? I mean, what's your comments on that?
2: Well, the whole idea is federalism, where you 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 separate power into all of these different places. But the Tenth Amendment talks about, you know, the power shall retain shall be retained by the state or the people, and so states' rights kind of comes from that Ninth and Tenth Amendment. The whole Civil War was a states' rights issue where the Southern states felt like their property was being violated and their right to own that property was being taken away or suggested to be taken away. So they, with Abraham Lincoln's election, the South seceded. And so that was exercising their state's rights as they saw it. The Civil War changed the whole idea of states' rights where federalism is less dispersed now most of the power resides at the federal level, which isn't federalism. Federalism is a dispersion of power. It's not a consolidation of power. But the Civil War, uh, you know, the, the North and the Union and Lincoln wanted to unify the country under a certain set of standards and principles. Lincoln understood all of that, but he was assassinated, and then the turmoil that followed— wasn't reconstruction as Lincoln had visualized it? it was completely different and it was retaliation by the north against the south which we still see the consequences of that today
1: okay thank you Um, so long it long answer. yeah (laughs) it it, it's a long answer and so let's go back you mentioned the first amendment regarding that Congress Mm -hmm. shall make no law uh, establishing a religion or
2: um pivoting free exercise yeah.
1: and what do you think about you know what's happening right now regarding churches not being able to meet uh, it seems to me like that's unconstitutional
2: well it's been said that it is unconstitutional some courts have uh, said they want to look at it more other courts have said well it is constitutional because we're in a national crisis uh Prior to the Civil War and the early years even following the Civil War, there would not be a prohib- prohibition of free exercise, as we have seen, where you can only have 10 people and they have to be this far apart, or you can't convene your congregation at all. So I think it's, it's an assault on uh, really not just religious freedom, but it's our freedom to assemble. Peaceably assemble is how they say it in the First First Amendment. So um, I think all of these things are uh, subtly, uh, but not necessarily extremely subtly. Some of it's pretty overt, but uh, they are under assault. And what always surprises me is how many people don't understand that. And they think, oh, well, they're going to take my freedom for a little while, but then they're going to give it back. Well, it just doesn't work that way. If you give people in power more power, they just don't relinquish it without uh, some purpose uh, for their own self-interest. So uh, we need to be a little bit more vigilant about all of those things.
1: We do, and each generation does need to be vigilant uh, on on these things. Stan Everett, it always goes so quickly when I have you on the show. We only have a couple of minutes. Uh, So what would be some of the final thoughts that you'd like to leave with our listeners as we are moving into the celebration of uh, America's independence from Britain uh, later this week?
2: Well, I just hope people would look at these uh, principles and and understand them for what they are. And they may not be the form of government. They may not be the principles to found our form of government today. They may be obsolete. They may not be uh, of value because... In some people's minds, human nature has progressed, so we don't need these kinds of principles. Um, But the alternative uh, to that needs to be presented. And I have yet to hear a cohesive and comprehensible alternative to these principles as to how to organize society, other than a ruler-subject alternative. And I don't think most of the people that are protesting and concerned about our future are thinking about the alternative which they will become subjects and others will become rulers and it just is a little frightening and a little disconcerting but I think people should understand and notice the AB alternatives a being the Declaration of Independence and the rights we live under and B being a completely different social structure
1: it is really important to understand that these days. So, and, and once we understand that, we need to engage in persuasive conversations with our friends and our family and our colleagues, which is what you're doing with the Legacy Project. Uh, Stan Everett, you said 450 uh, men have gone through the program. You'll be starting your ninth year. Great work that you're doing, Stan Everett. Thank you so much.
2: Yeah, thank you, Kim. Great to talk to you as usual.
1: Great to talk with you as well, and I wish you and your family a very happy Independence Day, and thanks uh, thanks again for all your great work, Stan.
2: You bet. You too. Thank you. Okay.
1: And our quote for today is from Thomas Jefferson. It says, the issue today is the same as it has been throughout all history, whether man shall be allowed to govern himself or be ruled by a small elite. So today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you and God bless America. And I-